Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 73. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be dissecting the classic Calypso Carol, reflecting on November's thankfulness challenge, and setting our final challenge of the year. Hooray! Hooray! Can you believe it, Sam? We've done 11 challenges. Yeah. Was that the most challenging thing about 2020 for you? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was the twelve song challenge. That was the real thing that really got me uh, got me stumped. The rest I could have handled, but give me twelve <laughs> songs to write. <laughs> How have you been, my friend? Uh, yeah, I've been all right actually. Not bad. Uh, felt really busy this last month and a bit, but um, the exciting thing we're doing is um, realise that a lot of people are asking me about carol videos and where they could get hold of yeah you know, videos to to use in their online services and stuff. Um, and so I've managed to curate a little page full of carol videos that are all free to use. You can use them on your Zoom oh, or you edit them into your videos or whatever. Uh, and by the time this goes out, it should be live. I'm hoping to make it live on the 1st of uh, December on Engage Worship. And it's going to feature your version of Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Oh, man. Uh, Geraldine and Carey version of something or other. Lovely. Um, Andy Clark's doing us a couple. Oh. And yeah, and yeah, You're getting the pros stuff. in to do this. Well, and, and a bunch of twelve songers have sent me what they're doing, and yeah. and and so there's a right, some of them are like little kind of church band videos. Some of them are lyric videos. Uh, one guy, um, David Dory, has done some amazing orchestrations. Wow. Um, he's he's sending me videos for so yeah it's going to be good so um, they're all free they're free to use uh, on gageworship.org and um, yeah please, please and the idea is that you slip them into your online Christmas worship or whatever form it takes and exactly Bob's your uncle Bob and we're going to do a little um, a little charity thing as well for Azalea the charity that I do stuff oh, with yeah. if uh, rather than because everyone's given their their work for free so we thought if people want to give back rather than it coming to engage, it should go to Azalea doing amazing work with <clears throat> women who are sexually exploited. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, How about you? Well, I've, I feel like I've been spent the last most of the last month doing charity stuff in, in sort of the general running of our charity. You may, listeners may not yeah. know. Um, and um, what are they sort of not for profit is another way of putting it, isn't it? I think um, that that's how we run things there's, you know there's no company behind this or anything like that but there is a charity and and i'm employed by the charity to do these things um and there's all kinds of governance involved there's committees and yeah. trustees and rules on this that and the other and um it doesn't really matter if you're a tiny charity or a massive one there's a whole bunch of them you just have to do <laughs> so we've been wading mm. through quite a lot of that with our our trustees and also setting our budgets for next year which is always kind of exciting and uh daunting because it makes you think about what you want to do but also makes you wonder how on earth you're ever going to afford to do it so um <laughs> but that's kind of how you always start the year and i just remember saying this to the trustees you know we always start saying this is how much money i want to spend i do not know where it's going to come from um but part of my job is to go and look for it um, yeah one day maybe it'll dry up 
but up to now we managed um but you know through doing things like crowdfunding and other stuff with partner churches and donors and and so on so yeah that will be a a continued big um push and drive and also working on some fun christmas stuff um so tell you about one of them in a minute I mentioned these translations we've been working on. Well, we've got we've nailed several of them now, and it's been really fun being part of the process, especially yeah. being part of the sort of the final meeting where we get together on online and, and I try to have a go through the thing and check it works and pick through the language of it and so on. Because of course I don't speak these languages, so I'm trying <laughs> to steer this thing and and guessing. Except we did work, there's one we've been working on in French, and I actually did suggest a line for it. Uh, wow. where, where they said, "Oh yeah, that works really well." Très Was bon. it based on <laughs> "Voulez-vous worship the Lord avec more. moi ce soir"? Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> that feels like what's been going on. Awesome, well done, you. Dissect a classic. The classic song for this month is "The Calypso Carol" by Michael Perry. First question, yay, Sam. I would say the Calypso Carol. But other people call it Calypso Carol. What would you say? The the or? oh the yeah. The, it is the definitive Calypso Carol. But it, yeah, yeah, as Calypso Carols go. But it's a bit like Tate Modern and the Tate Modern. You're supposed to call it Tate Modern, but I can't help but call it the Tate Modern. Yeah. Have you ever been? Many times. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just checking, it hadn't sort of leapt above your cultural horizon. <laughs> <laughs> When I was young, in? when I was a young man, I was a I was a member for a year. Were you? Uh, yes, yes. When I thought I was highbrow, and, oh. and now I realise that I'm I'm pretty lowbrow. But, do you, what do you uh, get called yeah, a, I, a modern Easter or something? If you're in the club, uh, you just get a little card and you can get into things for free. Calypso Carol. Let me tell you a bit about it. So um, I did a quick check before we recorded to find out whether we're going to do the same as last time and do a song which is an absolute stone-cold classic in the UK but no one in the US has ever heard of. And that might be the case this time. Uh, so if you ha- if you do know it, US listeners, then congratulations. I think in other uh, corners of the world it has travelled, but maybe not so much in the US. Um, so let me tell you about it. Written by Michael Perry, who was one of the founding fathers of Jubilate um, and Youth Praise and so on. M- Sam, we we rate Michael Perry, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's his um, hymn texts are amazing, and he was a really good friend of Dave Peacock, who's very much my mentor um, in sort of worship leading and, and ministry and stuff. And they just churned out so much great material um, up to the times Michael sadly died in 1996. But uh, just so many amazing hymn texts. When you look at Perry alongside Saywood and Bourne, or the three Michaels um, <laughs> from the Jubilate history, there's something about his writing is so effortless. Yeah. Or next to Chris Idle or others. He's great, great writers, but Michael Perry just somehow just had a an effortless way with language that just is pulled out of him. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, and with melodies as well. So um, the Clips of Carol, I think, more or less, it was one of the first songs he ever wrote, as far as I can tell. In that certainly wow. he was a student at the time. He wrote it in 1964 while studying at Oak Hill uh, College in London, which is a theological vicar training college. And uh, he just wrote it so they had something to sing for a Christmas carol concert. 
Um, now, the bit I don't quite understand, and I can't, I, I'd love to dig and find out more, is that somehow Cliff Richard got hold of it um, <laughs> and, and put it on a radio show because he'd misplaced another song or something like this. And I don't know whether that means there was a recording or Cliff Richard sang it or I, I'm not entirely sure what happened. But it was enough to generate some interest. And before you know it, everybody loved Calypso Carol. And then Youth Praise 2, which was the follow-up to Youth Praise three years later, it was in there. Um, and since has become an, one of those ones that every single person in the UK knows the tune to. Perhaps the most exciting uh, piece of trivia about this song is that in 1983, the Caribbean island of Nevis featured the chorus on a postage stamp. <laughs> quite hard to say postage stamp it turns out um the melody and the words and meanwhile st kitts uh, did mary's boy child on theirs uh yeah so interestingly choosing a couple of songs which had sort of appropriated parts of the culture and kind of reappropriated them i suppose yeah yeah um it was voted in the nation's top 10 carols for songs of praise but actually, in the more recent top 30 for Classic FM, it's nowhere to be seen. So either mm. it's fallen out of favour or those Classic FM listeners a bit more... They're a bit highbrow, aren't they? More, yeah. A bit more highbrow. A bit like me with my um, Take Modern God. Yes, a bit like that. Um, it was edited. It's, it's unusual, actually, probably for him. But at a certain point, um, you know, 30, 20, 20 years into its life, it was actually edited to remove a little bit of gendered language from the chorus, where it, it would be... Um, Oh no, carrying me to Bethlehem to see the Lord appear to men, which is what lots of us would have sung at school. Yes. Um, but then was was edited in the 80s to be, uh, by Michael Perry, to be uh, to see the Lord of Love again, sort of recognising really early on in, in the big hymn and songwriting world that that was a sort of exclusive language. I think Jubilati were pretty aware of that pretty early on, a lot of that stuff, yeah. in a way that others are you know perhaps still not not there or it took him a long longer much longer while to get onto it uh, a part of that must have come out of hymns for today's church and the whole hymn modernizing project which yeah. meant they spent an awful lot of time thinking what is modern language and what does it mean yeah absolutely anyway we digress um if you search on youtube you can find countless versions of it um Chris Juby, our colleague, was very excited to discover there is a pink fong version of it on youtube i have to say i didn't know what pink fong was is pink fong k-pop no, it's, ba- uh, uh, it's Baby Shark. Apparently they did oh. Baby Shark. Yeah. Are okay. they are so, they paying money to Jubilate for... Well... Clips. We so, <laughs> Carol, do, 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 do. <laughs> we will see. Um, however, I also discovered quite recently that on searching the, um, the worldwide world, there was no actual Jubilate recording of it. And I suppose it's probably because for a long time, Jubilate was just about publishing sheet music. Mm. Um, but now in this more audio-oriented world, um, we don't have our own recording. So guess what? I got on the case. Good man. I phoned up Matt Weeks. Yes. I said, Matt, we need a version of the Calypso Carol. But I said, Matt, it can't sound like just any Calypso Carol. <laughs> It's got, to sound, it's got to sound great. So then I got Sam and Chris, and I said, Sam and Chris, come on, what, what should it sound like? And we sort of said veering towards a bit of a kind of Mark Ronson meets Mark Michael Bublé on a Dark Knight kind of vibe. <laughs> and um, so then I said to Matt, well, can you get... Can you get Mark Edwards to play on it? Yep, sure. So we got Mark Edwards, cool piano. We've got Paul Evans on the nice, drums. Nice. Great stuff. Who should we get to sing it? Matt said, oh, I just did this thing with Noel Robinson. What about getting Noel? Yes! Noel Robinson! Yeah. We love Noel! 
Noel's our new hero. Yeah. So we got on to Noel. Noel, can you sing it for us? Boy, could he sing it. So uh, there's an absolute brand new version of it. It's just come out. Should we hear a little clip yeah. of it? And this will help those of you who have no idea what this song is that we're talking about. See him lying on a bed of straw. Drafty stable with an open door. Mary cradled in the babe she bore. The Prince of Glory is his name. That's a great Isn't version. That good? That's a brilliant version. It is a brilliant version. Love it. Let's talk about it, Sam. Let's talk about this carol. Give us some reasons why this is a classic. Well, it was a classic for me because we used to do it at school when I was growing up. Yeah. That was the that was the the, ca- the carol that kids actually liked uh, when I was growing up, and just you know used at so many church events. Um, and frankly, it's far better in content than a lot of child-friendly Christmas songs. I mean, we've talked in the past about. You know, it's a pretty dodgy theology in a way in a manger and things like that. Or just, you know, there's nothing wrong with a goofy, fun Christmas song. But this has actually got proper, like, decent, you know, it tells a story. It's got some kind of theological stuff in there in a in an accessible way. So it's, you know, far better than some of your rubbish. It gets richer as it goes Absolutely. on, doesn't it? We've observed that in our own writing before, that you start writing a song and it's kind of fairly simple, but then once you've established your rhyme scheme and set out the obvious stuff, you get, you find the heart of it. Well, the fourth verse, I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. Minor riches from your poverty. So it's all these contrasts. Minor riches from your poverty. From your innocence, eternity. Mine forgiveness for your death for me. Child of sorrow for my joy. I mean, every single line is like a nugget of, like, contrast. It's brilliant. Yeah. Do you think that's based on gold, frankincense and myrrh? The kind of gold, frankincense and myrrh? No, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, I mean, obviously a huge strength of it is the tune. It's got an insanely catchy tune. You can't hear it or sing it without then singing it again all day. And because I've been working on this a bit over the last few weeks, it's all anyone in my household has heard. (laughs) Just me walking around humming the tune. Um, but it's got several things it's got a kind of syncopation but that kind of is there all the way through it's got these repeated shapes we talk about repetition again and again the repeated shapes that they move around in different places um, it keeps doing the same shape even through into the chorus Um, it's got this three way rhyme and it's quite hard to do and I've, I noticed two things about that. So see him lying on a bed of straw, drafty stable with an open door, Mary cradling the babe she bore. What you cannot do with a three-way rhyme is just do another one. It would be awful. A fourth it would rhyme. Be absolutely, oh, a fourth one, just to <laughs> collapse it. What you really have to have by then is you're kind of set up. You've got to give me a point of contrast, because if you mm. don't, this thing will be unbearable. Star of silver sweep across the sky, show a Jesus in the manger lies, shepherd swiftly from your stupor rise to see the saviour of the world. So different ending it wraps it up in a different shape and it ends a little bit earlier so boom and it lands. there's a ridiculous amount of sibilance in verse two star of silver sweep across the sky <laughs> show a jesus in the major lies shepherds i mean if you haven't got your teeth in for that one you're you're lost maybe in the um, college when he was writing it their microphones were really old and they'd lost their high frequencies <laughs> and he felt like he had to just put lots of them in <laughs> 
And then finally, the first line of the chorus is so inspiring that you wrote a whole song based on it, Sam. Did I? Searching for a baby <laughs> on the streets of Bethlehem. <laughs> Isn't that where that came from? I, I've, I've always felt that essentially you've just massively expanded the thought of the first line of the chorus. Oh no, carry me to Bethlehem. Okay. Unknowingly, but maybe I did. So, Joel, how would you improve it? If, if Michael had brought it to you back in the day, before you were born or whatever, then uh, what would you have said? Well, we do get this thing, don't we, these days, where we're a bit more sniffy about talking about stables and things and the kind of assumptions about the scene that are not necessarily written yeah. in the in the Bible. So that would have been sort of an opening... Right, your opening thing is, there they are in a drafty stable... Mm. Um, now, of course, the stable gives you such good opportunity for contrast, doesn't it? And that's what's in there, um, just as poor as was the stable then. But that would have been one of the things. Yeah. Um, and then I think, honestly, I would have said, verse 4 is so good. And verse 3 is nearly as good. Could you go <laughs> back and work on verses 1 and 2 just to make them a bit richer? Yeah. Um but then I wonder, one of the reasons I might well have been wrong is that I don't think it would have got picked up in the popular consciousness in the same way. It, it, it arrives where people are at in their, in their knowledge of the Christmas story and then expands it. And by the end of it, it's talking about real deep things. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't have changed much else. I think in my head, because I sang it as a kid and I suspect a lot of people didn't pick up on the uh, gendered language thing. So I, I've got, sing God's glory to the heart of man in verse three in my head and then the chorus to see the Lord appear to men so obviously I think you know if he'd have written it like that I would have said can you think about it? but they did change that so I can't really argue with that um and and I've pointed out all the s's in verse two I wonder at some point shepherds swiftly from your stupor I mean stupor is there for the s isn't it yeah um so I wonder if it needs quite that many S's in that verse. But, you know, it's fun. Sam. Yes. It's not your favourite Christmas carol, is it? <laughs> oh, you're going to out me now on national podcast. Um, <laughs> on national podcast. Well, I think it's because it's a little bit like any Ringo song by the Beatles, in that when you're at school, all they play you is the goofy Ringo songs. And then I got to, like, late teens, early 20s, and I went, oh, my goodness, the Beatles wrote these amazing songs, like Tomorrow Never Knows, that, like, just sound totally mind-blowing and brilliant. Never heard of that one. <laughs> OK, I'm going to get you a revolver for Christmas. And OK. Because, but this is the problem, is that people here, like, Octopus's Garden and I am... Um, Oct Are you making these Octopus's up? Octopus's Garden. You don't know... Joel... No, I don't. I've honestly never heard okay, of that. I'm going to buy you the entire Beatles. I reckon Beatles I can name you about 100 Beatles songs. Ha have you none learned... of the ones will be the ones you think are good. <laughs> have, you heard... <laughs> have you heard Yellow Submarine? Yes. Have you heard When I'm 64? Yes. Okay. Have you heard Obla D, Obla Da? This is like an episode of. This is like that film yesterday now, isn't it? <laughs> the who? The what? <laughs> yeah. Never heard of them. <laughs> have you heard Banana in a Cup? No, hang on, you're making that up. <laughs> See, I don't know anymore. You're in your LSD-induced song titles. Yeah, I totally hear your point, though. So it is like the Ringo song. 
yeah. I grew up with it, and I just, as I got older, I thought, this is goofy, basically. This is, you know, uh, and so I kind of, yeah, I kind of went off it, and I, I would actually say in churches that I wasn't going to allow us to sing it because I thought it was goofy. But now, you know, your new version and Noel Robinson singing it and, and Matt Weeks doing his thing, you know, I'm I'm sold again. And and looking at that fourth verse, you know, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. I hope people re well if they've if they've kind of gone off it, I hope they will re engage with it. Oh it's so sweet. If that's what twenty twenty is gonna give us. If it's taught us nothing else, yeah. it has surely taught us re-engage with the Calypso Carol. Yeah. In November, we set you the challenge to write songs of thankfulness. I caught up with David Brackenbury to review what's been happening this past month. David Brackenbury, great to see you. Joe Payne, likewise. It's the end of November already. I know, I know. Have you done your Christmas shopping? Um, of course. I'm, I'm a good man and I know exactly what we've bought all of the kids for Christmas. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's fairly well progressed. Um, we're on track. Cool. In an online world. Cool. Um, I was thinking, um, David, after all this lockdown business, maybe you, me, Keiko and Sam should get in a room to record the podcast together when we can all meet up again. What do you think? I was thinking maybe we all we maybe we do it in New York. <laughs> Does the resound budget stretch that far? I don't know. We might have to start a sort of Patreon thing to see if we can get some some cash. No, maybe not. Maybe we'll carry on with this online business. It's good. Um, so it's been a month of thankfulness, um, and it's yeah, it's been a fresh contrast, I think, to the the few months that have gone past. Yeah, a, a crazy bump a month again. Um, I mean, I've been part. I think this is the second 12-song challenge that I've done in its entirety. And the normal pattern is it just kind of starts to fade off a little bit, but it's it's continued to just keep that momentum going, adding new members to it each month. Um, and yeah, just an, another really, really rich month of songs and contributions. I've been dead excited, actually, that um, we, we are adding members and people are joining and jumping straight in with both feet. And that's been really encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. I think... I think that's part of what that com- community has, has created. I guess even if you find the forum and you look very quickly, you can see that there's that kind of generosity, that willingness to to share an input. And yeah, people are just launching in with that straight away. I think this month was a bit of a slower start. Um, it felt like people really listened to your advice to just maybe take a bit of time before um, starting with writing something. Um, so they just kind of trickle through for the first week, week and a half, and then the deluge <laughs> started, which was a bit of a nightmare to keep up with, to be fair. But, um, <laughs> Fantastic. So, what have we got then? Let's have some honourable mentions. What, are we, what, what have, what's caught your eye and your ear this month? So, um, one of those um, new entries to the new entry, one of those new entries to the um, challenge was by um, Nick and Rebecca Gardner, mm. and there is a notable mention for their song "Lift Your Voice and Sing." Um, immediately catchy and feels like it would appeal to a, a broad range of. Um, many congregations, really. Um, another stunning song from um, that songwriting machine that is Stephen Sloss and his song Celebrate yep. Your Name. Um, he'd again been on the Resound United Adoration retreat and that had kind of got him started. And then some really fantastic feedback through the forum that seemed to have turned the song inside out and then the other way around again. Um, but he's ended up with a great song that's got loads and loads of feedback. Um, and then just a couple of 
kind of pairs of, of comments, really, because um, they kind of done something quite similar. So a couple of people took on the challenge of writing to the structure of using an acrostic, which is not something I've ever thought about. So Rob McClellan um, did a song called Thanks Be Unto God, and, and Andy Langton and Chris Gallagher did their song Your Love Endures. Yeah. Just a really good, fresh approach to the topic. Um, and I thought what was really clever about them is the songs didn't scream out that there were certain lines that were stifled by them having to find something that began with you or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until you kind of looked back and could see the acrostic. Oh. And then a couple of people took on some familiar tunes and reworked them. Um, so on one end of the spectrum, Hunter Lynch took Great Is Thy Faithfulness um, and took his take on it was great is my thankfulness i loved that one and I then tim that was campbell such a good it was such, such a good idea just it, it really worked yeah one of the things i said as well to hunter is i kind of looked at the lyrics knew what the tune was and almost sang it in my head and didn't click play on the recording but that would have been a mistake because it was just really good to to listen to it because it isn't just great is that yeah. faithfulness he's done more with it but you you know where the inspiration and then tim campbell um following sam's sage advice to um maybe try and avoid putting thank you in his song called his song thank you thank you thank you brackets the thankfulness song which was just um <laughs> if i don't avoid it i might as well just include it as much as possible um and he based that on the whose line is it anyway ho down tune oh, and took us on a fantastic joyful <laughs> journey of thankfulness <laughs> Um, and it ended up with a disclosure that 70% of his church leadership team is either called Nick or Pete, which was just um, fascinating, really. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, listen out for that one if you've not already found it. Um, I pulled out a few that, that stood out to me. I sort of enjoyed the way people this month, I felt like they, they got out their production tools a bit and, and tried to mess around with some styles and things. Um, and yeah. uh, so I really liked um, Ben Gardner wrote a song... It's just a, it's kind of on a four on the floor, um, you know, club beats, kind of 80s Joy Division synth. So Such a cool light. I really enjoyed that one. I loved Stephen McNeil. Um, this less about production, but yeah. just, I think just drop detuning, lovely melodies and vibe to it. And I just stuck it on a couple of times while I was doing some other work just to listen to such a lovely sound. Um, Derek Bermler, I assume it's Bermler. Um, on Psalm 90 where one has written completely written a, a Coldplay song that Chris Martin should, should sing and then Dan Lugo with his litany of thanksgiving for a drive-in service magic <laughs> although interestingly a lot of the comments on that were for people to, saying oh, you haven't got anything about electric cars in there where's the electric cars <laughs> I think he's a bit bewildered he thought, oh, look, does everyone in the UK drive an electric car we do we run each other over all the time no we don't but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I loved that one. So, yeah, a few that particularly stood out to me. Yeah, brilliant. It just, I don't know, I guess it's just been a useful tonic, hasn't it, in the midst of everything that's going on, just to commit that month to to be particularly thankful and yeah, to write definitely. songs out So, wait, have you got one that we could have a listen to? Yeah, so um, this one's by Ian Sparks, who, whenever he posts a song, I always uh, make a point of sitting down to listen to it because it's not just going to be a song it's going to be kind of an experience um, and this was no different his song's called gratitude and he shared before on the thread about how blessed he is with where he lives he lives right in the middle of some beautiful kind of nature um, and it's literally outside of his window and on his doorstep and so he used that as the launch into his song 
And I think he just brings such a unique style to his writing, his musicianship and his lyrics um, really combine into something special. So let's have a listen to that one if we can. Nice one, Ian. Um, yeah, love it. There's a beautiful lyric in there, wasn't there? The cry of the curlew. What is, what is a cur? What is a curlew? It, it's it's a word you need to Google. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna it. No, I'm gonna Google I'm it. I'm gonna gurgle it. I'm gonna gurgle it on the on the moorland. Oh, I'm gonna gurgle Kulu. The cry of the curlew on the moorland says each meeting between us has worth. It's really beautiful. Thank you, Ian. Loved that. Well, how about you then, David? Did, did you have a successful month songwriting-wise? Yeah, so um, I decided to take up Sam's challenge of trying to avoid using the word thanks, um, and that was a nightmare. And then Sam decided to post his own song, which included the word thanks. So I took that as letting me off the hook. <laughs> um, and But then bizarrely, as I've interacted with the comments on the thread, version 2 has actually taken out the word thanks. So I've managed to stick with the original brief. So, um, cool. Shall we? Shall I play it for you? Yeah, gives the best. Generous God, true to your promise, abounding in love, endless compassion you lavish on us. Willingly we bring our praise And you do not change We can depend on your grace to remain In every moment your truth stays the same Blessings anew every day When 
such love Our voices declare you are good Oh, for you You are a generous God A generous God Who as a father is rooting for us And fiercely defending the children you love stuff I really like that David that's a strong one that is one of your strong ones I would say lovely shape to it thank you David as always for all you do this will be your last um, little monthly catch up well I don't know well, I assume it will be yeah on the um, so oh, we're so blessed to have you and um, so appreciate the way you dive in and get stuck in on so many people's songs it's a it's a gift you have to encourage people and so I'm really grateful for the way you've been helping us out with the podcast and the 12 Song Challenge this last 12 months Can I just say something on that? I do set off each month planning to comment on everybody's song and I always fail so it is the last month um, please know if I've not commented on your song it's completely accidental um, so if I haven't um, drop me a message and I'll pay particular attention to your song in December oh. just so I can not leave you feeling the year that I've just intentionally excluded ever commenting on your songs that is lovely do it people drop David a message star of the month oh star of the month I always forget the star of the month come on yeah come on <laughs> who is the star this is the most important thing I'm so sorry go on star it's of the because month. that jingle's still in post-production isn't it is it like um you know when they sometimes do man of the match and then they get sent off just after they've ma- named the man of the match is there a- <laughs> do we have to be careful of that no, I don't think so. Go on, who's the star of the month for this month? So the star of the month for November, um, I'm going to suggest a forum debutant for John Grummet. So he posted a really cracking song, first and foremost, but then he dug in on a number of other submissions um, for people and doing that thing that people really seem to value, describing what he hears when he's suggesting a tweet to a song, but then recording a little um, kind of... Um, audio file of it so they can hear what he's trying to describe so firstly welcome to the community john and secondly thanks for your input in november and keep it up that friends is how you make an entrance (laughs) fantastic thank you david (laughs) yay david brackenbury the actual man what a guy Uh, go on then sam play us what you've done okay so i struggled with this month i must admit um and then i read 
a little bit talking about the prodigal son and his, the older brother, and say, uh, it basically said that the the older brother's problem was that he didn't have gratitude in his life. He was bitter. Uh, he was unforgiving and he hadn't didn't realise the grace that had been given to him. So I tried to write a sort of a song around that. Uh, I'm really struggling with the, the rhythm of the melody, so you might be able to help me there. Sure. I'm going to do it in the straightest way and then you can say if it's, it's bad. In every circumstance of my life Your grace is enough for me And everything I have Flows from you, your gift to my poverty. Take all my bitterness and my pride, my cynical attitude. Take my entitlement, gracious God, replace it with gratitude. I may overflow with thankfulness My heart overjoyed with thankfulness Open my blurry eyes, Lord, to see the ways you provide for us Open my calloused heart, Lord, to know the mercies you pour on us. I may overflow. I don't know, Yeah, I really like that, Sam. That's great. What was, I don't. What, so what did you want to help? I with? was worried that the verses were a bit too. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So I messed around with things like. In every circumstance of my life, your grace is enough for me. Like pulling it around, making it a bit faster, a bit slower. People sort of give me various suggestions on the forum, but I don't know whether all of the. In the end, Dave Brackenbury, voice of reason, said, "Yeah, your verse now is too complicated." I don't know what you think. Yeah, I, I liked it when you did it really straight. Like okay. That. The, the, if I were going to introduce any syncopation, it would be on the ends of lines two and four because I think they they really naturally they all sit within that. So you could yeah. sit, but it wouldn't be like you do. It would be more like, your grace is enough for me. Oh, okay, because that would fit your senses. Your gift to my poverty. Yeah, that's good. But I, the rest of it, I'd keep really really straight. I think it. I think it's really really nice. Always err on the side of keeping it straight. Yeah. Okay. That's that's helpful. Thank you. And Dead the, easy to get hold of. And the yeah. overflow. Somebody had this idea that overflow should musically kind of go up and then down, so that it was like coming something overflowing. But I messed around with that, and I felt like just descending on that melisma, to use our fancy word. Th- yeah, it's our word of the word of the month. Is stronger. Melisma? Right, melisma. My, I've got, got a new little girl. She's called melisma. That <laughs> <laughs> <But> I made <laughs> overflow. <laughs> Sorry to our Australian no, I think listeners. It's great. I, th- I think that's great to both our Australian listeners. If either of you have a daughter called Melisma, I can only apologise. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think that's great. I think it makes sense to me. Uh, I think it's getting a little bit too contrived to try yeah. and sort of 
paint the picture of a spout by the direction of your melody. I think the flowing down, it's the flow. Flowing down, which is the key yeah. Thing, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it, it does paint it for me. In one little bit of melody I would change in the chorus, mm. which is that, that I may overflow with thankfulness. I do that. Keep it down. Rather than, da, 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 rather than you go up to a little note, and the note you go to must be like a note seven or something. It's a little bit jarry. I can't uh-huh. remember what it is. Da, 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 it's that. Da, da, da. Yeah. It's because you, you jump to... It, I think I know what it is. It's because you jump to a suspension. And thankful... You don't, you don't set it up. And so it just jars a little bit when you say, Thankfulness... Mm, yeah, yeah. Overflow with thankfulness. You get to the mm. same place. Yeah. But it may be totally personal preference. No, that's... So great. It's really good, actually, Sam. I think you've done a great job here. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah. Brill. Brill! How about you, mate? Oh, dude, I, I'm not there yet. What?! No mug for you. I oh, know mug. I am going to get the mug. Honestly, I've well, that's got because you're left. the person giving out the mugs, so you're going to yeah, have I'm all the left. Buy the mugs, and I'm going to keep one for me. <laughs> but I'm going to. I've got a. I've got a few days left. I've got a bit of an idea, but I, I'm finding. Do you? Uh, two two things. I'm finding it just keeps going quite melancholy. All my songs keep going melancholy at the moment, which is weird. Weird because I'm quite a bright, cheerful person. Yeah. Do you want me to record a bit here where you have written a song and I just say, "Yeah, Joel, that's really good. I think you should. I think you should keep going with that." Yes, go on, let's do it. Okay, mate, that was. I'll pretend. Hang on, I'll just pretend I just finished this song. Yeah. And thank you, mate. That was really good. I think it's quite melancholy, but I think you know it's still it's still got the thankfulness thing going on. I think you should pursue it. Thanks, man. Means a lot. Tweak tweak the third line of the chorus. That's my suggestion gonna do it it's <laughs> time to set the challenge for december the very last challenge of this calendar year Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. if you're not exhausted already this one will finish you off no, hopefully it won't <laughs> so our challenge for this month is to write family worship songs family worship songs um, now there are two reasons for this one is that it's a really good idea the other is that actually as a little resound collective we're going to be producing a collection of family worship songs next year so i'm going to put it out there now that this month could result in you writing something which you want which you want to slightly more sort of formally submit we don't always do formal submissions for things but a bit like we did with doxicology last year um we're going to invite you and say look as you write something this month, if you come up with something really good, if other people seem to like it and so on, you might want to um, pass it our way in its complete state. And we will add it to our list of possibles for our little our little album album recording. Yes, so you'll get so we'll tell you some more about that in emails and things. Um But what do we mean by family worship songs? So Joel, when you say family worship songs, where are you coming from with that? Well, I'm thinking of Pink songs Fong. Pink Fong. I'm thinking of two things. I think Songs for the whole family and or songs that need the whole family. Oh. Songs that really are designed for the whole family. So uh-huh. I want to draw a distinction between kids' songs, yeah, not not kids' songs that the adults don't mind singing, or I don't know if you find this in your church, but action songs where basically all the adults do the actions and none of the kids do them, yeah. unless the kids are all in a block doing them and then they might. Yeah. Um, so not so much kids' songs that adults don't mind or adult songs with words that kids can just about understand, although all of those ingredients might be in there. Yeah. But actually just thinking a 
bit more from the ground up in the whole how do I build a song that engages my community? How do I build a song that engages a whole family? Kids, parents, grandparents. How do I... I want us to think creatively. So I've got a few ideas around that. One of, one of them is actually trying to write a song that has different parts yeah. aimed at different bits of the family. It might be a a really simple clap or shout for one of them. It might be a really complex melody for another. It might be a certain syncopation. It might be certain things that, that grab different ones. And, and building the sound, the song around it, I'm struggling to articulate it because I haven't quite discovered what it is, but this is what I really want us to explore this month and then when we're trying to do our project next year. So it's seeing the family as kind of music makers rather than just people who may or may not join in, may or may not do the actions kind of thing. I think that's definitely an approach, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the family somehow is is the song rather than just sings the song. Yeah. I think anything interactive like that is is always going to help with with kids. I mean, we we've done songs, haven't we, where um, they're sort of interactive in the sense of people having to add, like, "You're He's My Savior." People have to shout out a, a, a verse. I think that could work as well with families, and in, in that kids get to take some ownership of where this song is going and sort of make it relevant to t- you know whatever is going on today. And they can say, "Okay, if it's an intercession song." They can throw out a line that that could be sung. That could be another aspect of it. There's that great tradition, isn't there, in um, the Passover, celebrating the Passover, yeah. where the kid asks the question. Yeah. And and that could be another device. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing where certain uh, the kids ask the question, the adults tell them what they've what they've learnt from their life and experience. I, I know some people will instantly go, "Oh, I'm going to flip that on its head," which you could also do, but 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 this kind of interaction of question and answer. Even perhaps even more than just kind of call and response. Have you come across Rachel Turner? Yes. So she's um parenting faith person, and uh, she... sorry, I thought you meant the one from Banana Rama, <laughs> <laughs> the Fifth Beetle. Um, <laughs> she's um yeah, she does this parenting for faith stuff. I've heard her speak a few times, and uh, she's really excellent, and she's part of i think a a movement that's going on in the moment where it's where basically are people saying you can't make the development of faith with your children about the children's worker in your church or the sunday school leader or the youth worker it's got to be about how you live as a family and you know everything that you do as a family as a parent is forming kids view of god is forming kids view of what it means to have a relationship with god um and that's not there to be a sort of scary thing, but it's there to say, you know, we can all do this. And, mm. and you know, the, the family is the, is the main incubator for faith. So it'd be great, wouldn't it, if these songs were, were part of that as well. And they somehow, I don't know, maybe an aspect, an aspect of them is about everyday life. You know, we've talked mm. about should we have songs for waking up and songs for food and songs for if you're scared at night before you go to sleep. Um, I think that that could be part of this as well. Yeah. And our plan for this project is that COVID allowing, we are going to gather our families and record it with them. Mm. And we're going to film it and we're going to, you know, we want it to be a moment of creating something of worship together as a family. So that if you have that in mind, I think it's really helpful actually for, mm. for us to have that in mind. And maybe you listening to this 
could imagine that, I could imagine the context in your church or your own family, whatever it might be, have it sort of almost quite specifically in mind. When I get to that moment, I like to do this sometimes. I like to, in my mind's eye, if I'm writing a song, I like to sometimes literally stand with my guitar and close my eyes and imagine I'm looking at my congregation mm. and think, imagine the responses of the different people. And sometimes it tells me something. I think, yeah, that, that guy's not, how do I draw him in? What's going to be the thing that's going to unlock mm. it for him? And you could do a similar thing with your family. Just generally, like, musically, what, your son, what are the sort of, yeah. what are the songs that he, he <clears throat> picks up on? What are the, what's the music that he gravitates towards? So my son is five. His, his first love was Shania Twain. <laughs> <laughs> when he was about th- three or so. <laughs> that don't impress Absolutely me much. loved. Yeah, that's the one he loved. It was, um, he, so he called it "Let's Go Girls." Oh no, it's "Man Like a Fi- Man." I feel like a woman. Sorry, that was his favourite. He just, oh, it's so great. He'd always go, "Dad, can we have Let's Go Girls?" It's really funky. And, and uh, then, like all children of his age, he's progressed through um, George Ezra. And but his deepest love is hardcore thrash metal. <laughs> Honestly, just got to have some pretty driving guitars and a pretty heavy drum beat, and um, it makes him move. He gets up and he moves. Um, but one thing I do I, I do remember in church a, a little while back, um, I was leading and we. I just wanted to get a few of the kids to join in. And I said, come on, let, before the service, I said, hey, we're going to form a band. Who wants to be in the band? Mm. Yeah, okay, so what are you going to play? And we went on, got, so I'm going to play this. Okay, when, what are you going to I'm going to play this, brilliant. Well, should we do it all the way through? Or should we just do it in the choruses? Leading question. <laughs> Let's just do it in the choruses. <laughs> brilliant. So then they came, came and just stood with me and we did this song. It was very, and then ready. Okay, hang on, sorry. Can we just stop before the chorus, everybody? The band is about to join in. Get ready. <laughs> and he's got, but it, that was a moment for him. He absolutely loved it because he was there with his woodblock, whatever it was. Yeah. I'm ready. Bang, bang. Yes, come on. We're, we're forming the band together. There was something about um, the excitement of being in the band, but there's something about the togetherness of it um, as well. But yeah, he, that, that would be his sort of thing is um, rhythms... He's not, I've got to be honest, he's not very interested in the kids' songs from church. Mm. Um, but he, he loves a bit of George Ezra, a bit of Shotgun. Who doesn't love a Shotgun? Yeah. You probably don't, because you don't love the Calypso Carol. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about, for sure, like, the recent crop of Disney films. You know, Moana. Yeah. Um, I mean, the... Mary Poppins is a bit kind of period, isn't it, in a way? But but some of those, I mean, I don't quite want to go as far as talk about Frozen, but you know there are some absolutely brilliant. Um, some of the the music from um, uh, Wreck It Ralph, like my kids love. We've got like a whole, oh, we've got like a whole yeah. playlist, Spotify playlist of it's called Film Faves, and just all the songs oh. and music from films that we like goes on there, and and that's a real kind of whole family thing uh, that and hamilton uh, hamilton is the main thing that gets sung around our house at the moment um and so i i'm just thinking like musically whether it's worth kind of going and listening to those things that are kind of intentionally all age not in a christian sense yeah, yeah. or in, yeah. but like when they're trying to write a film that is going to get the dad and the mum and the kids and the grandpa yeah. all together you know, so there's something about those Lin Manuel Miranda songs, or you know, oh, yeah. th- th- some of those Disney songs that just grab you. And it's often just that they're brilliantly put together, m- melodically and harmonically. And 
yeah so probably worth having a listen to some of those yeah absolutely uh, oh yeah <laughs> have you watched mary poppins yet That's good the, the original yeah. no oh my gosh no but i've seen the, i've seen number two oh so my i kind of know what happens oh my I know gosh how it so there's no point in watching the first one listeners please pray for joel's soul he doesn't know any Beatles songs and he's never seen Mary Poppins, the original. The Manuel Miranda was um, the chimney sweep, wasn't yeah. he? In the, no, the, no, the lamp, lamp, whatever it is. Yeah, the it, I mean, he was... The lamp, lamp guy. Duets. That's the thing that strikes me a little bit about some of these Disney-type ones. They're often, they, they have that thing, don't they? They often are duets. Mm. Some, I want some people to write duets for this. Mm. So I feel like we can't put too many restraints on this um this month's challenge i mean we need people to experiment don't we with you know the whole concept of family worship and whether that's in because it's interactive whether because it's musically kind of participative whether it's sort of unfinished people have to throw in their own ideas whether it's because musically you've looked into what kids really like or what all ages really like you know there's a whole range of things i think it's clearly not just memory verse songs it's clearly not just pop songs that kids would like that talk about gaudy type stuff um there's but there's a lot of a lot of sort of space to play around in the sort of in the gray zones there yeah i think we are going to learn this month i'm looking forward to this Mm. i think engaging with our community having to get writing stuff i think we are going to learn stuff and we're going to develop this concept and i i feel like there is ground to be broken in this whole area yeah That is the end of our December podcast. Before we wish you all the very merriest of happy Christmases. Slightly in advance, there's a few weeks left. Um, anything you want to say, Sam? It's worth saying, just if people are reasonably new to Resound and the podcast, that there is an absolutely amazing Resound Christmas Songs album, which was the first album that we ever did proper. And it's absolutely chock full of brand new christmas type songs so if you've never looked at that um do have a look at it on the resound site because it's corking yeah and if you're doing online worship come and come and get the videos yeah use them yeah i've been sorting stuff out so those facebook and people won't clamp down on you yeah genuinely been doing that so that that's all really good um and we have permissions and things included in them well we're going to finish off with the featured song and we trailed it earlier in the show but just for sam it's the brand new version of calypso carol with our favorite noel robinson singing it until next year see ya bye Of glory is his name.
song you sang Sing the glory of God's gracious power 